0: Well, certainly one of the key initiatives of President Trump and his administration is getting through uh, some tax reform and an overhaul. Uh, Here to talk a little bit about uh, maybe the process, if you will, is the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee. He is U.S. Representative Richard Neal, the most senior Massachusetts Democrat in Congress. Um, Representative Neal, nice to have you here on Bloomberg Radio. What is the likelihood uh, that something gets done in the next year?
1: I think it's going to be uphill. It depends on, as you've described, your process and whether or not the Republicans decide to embrace reconciliation. I think that this could be done in a bipartisan manner. Everybody agrees on what's wrong with the system, and there's less agreement going forward. But I think if we would sit down, uh, we obviously could find some common ground in approaching fundamental tax reform. And I, I hope that, as this moves along, that we don't end up with a tax cut and call it tax reform because I think that that would be uh, a disservice to the American people.
0: You are in Springfield today, so in your home state. I'm curious what you're hearing from your constituents about what they want to see in terms of tax tax reform uh, on a corporate rate basis and on an individual basis.
1: I can understand that uh, the stories that you hear here are pretty similar to what you hear at the uh, testimony that's taken in front of the committee, mm-hmm. and that is that. Recall that President Obama uh, suggested that the corporate rate, when Secretary Lou was the Treasury at uh, Treasury, that the corporate rate uh, should be at 28%. Uh, Dave Camp, after three years of modeling, the former chairman, he went to 25%. So I think that there's some agreement. Uh, tentatively on what uh, ought to change on the corporate side, even if we don't immediately agree upon the numbers. And remember, to go from 28 to 25, That means you have to get rid of an awful lot of deductions, exclusions, and preferences in the code. And when that happens, you tend to hear from the losers, as was the case with the border adjustment tax.
0: Now, I'm curious, too, uh, if you share some of the same demands that we've seen with, I think it's around 45 Senate Democrats who are calling for no tax cuts for the wealthy, uh, not using a reconciliation for a tax bill, and not adding to the deficit. Where are you on that?
1: Comfortable with those three positions, I think they make a good deal of sense. And then as you enter a phase of negotiations, you can find out where the emphasis ought to be. I mean, I think there's also broad agreement on our side, perhaps, rather than a tax cut for people at the top, that we ought to be using that money for community colleges, apprenticeship programs, and uh, retraining initiatives across the country, considering that the worker participation rate has slumped and that, in addition, there are 6 million... Tech jobs that go unanswered in the country right now, and between uh, in New England alone, between 15 and 20,000 precision manufacturing jobs that go unanswered. So the skills gap, uh, as well as globalization, it's creating downward pressure on wages. Of that, there is no doubt.
0: How hostile is kind of? The negotiating process at this point between uh, Republicans and Democrats. And I bring it up because we did hear, uh, I think it was from Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney um, saying that, you know, a tax bill would look a lot weaker with Democrats on it. I think he said that in an interview. I mean, that doesn't make for a very friendly environment.
1: That's a terrific question, Carol. I don't know why he said that. He, he's certainly outside the mainstream on that. I, I can tell you this, that Orrin Hatch, Ron Wyden, and Kevin Brady and I get along very well, the four of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that the conversations are always civil, so why that perspective would have been offered is beyond me. But there are going to be disagreements in the sense that uh, if they rely upon what is known as dynamic scoring
0: mm-hmm. –
1: Uh, If they decide that supply-side economics is going to justify rate cuts for people at the top, I think that there's going to be a difference of opinion there for sure. But I also think that uh, when you talk about supply-side economics and dynamic scoring, it's more about theology than it is about fact-based evidence. And, And so I would hope that, as Kevin has said... That uh, while they will adhere to revenue neutrality on the Ways and Means Committee amongst Republicans, he did also say that they will not adhere to distributional neutrality, which is the key Mm -hmm. feature of tax reform, because that's the determination as to who gets what.
0: If you had to whittle it down to, I don't know, one or two or three uh, elements of uh, a tax plan that you think were crucial, necessary, what your uh, home voters want to see, what would it be?
1: I think that it would be ideal to get some tuition tax relief for people who are really stretched. I think I I understand that that repatriation ought to be a teaser that ought to be involved in this, Mm -hmm. bringing that money back. There's $2.8 trillion offshore. And I think the use of tax credits for additional hiring, that those are places that we all ought to be able to agree.
0: Repatriation is one of those <laughs> things that people love to, to kick around. But, you know, last time around when we saw repatriation of overseas profits by U.S. companies, they didn't necessarily put it to work adding jobs. They did a lot of buybacks and dividends. That's the history. Does that matter to you if that's what they choose to do? It
1: matters a great deal to me. And uh, I was there, I was on the committee at the time, and it was disguised as job creation. It was brought back at 5.25 percent, and there was not only not any job creation, there were layoffs almost right. within days. So I think that if you want to call repatriation good management and give that money to the shareholders, I got gotcha. you. But describe it that way, and tell people that's what you intend to do. And I think that the the effort here is to try to get the money back, give it to the shareholders, use it for buybacks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it ought not to be disguised as job creation. So. There's $2.8 trillion sitting offshore, Right. and of those dollars, uh, some of those are tangible assets, so you're not bringing back parking lots and automobiles and things of that sort, but there is an awful lot of cash around, and I think that uh, we ought to address the OECD issues of stateless income. I think there's a chance to perhaps uh, develop a hybrid tax system, but let's talk about a number of options and alternatives. Remember they said this was going to be done by May 1st? Right. The border adjustment tax was not Mm -hmm. uh, embraced by their own party. So include Democrats on this, and let's have a full throttled conversation.
0: Yep, I believe everybody at the table makes for a a better bill, if you will, and better reform. Richard Neal, thank you so much. U.S. Representative Richard Neal from the uh, state of Massachusetts joining us on the phone from Springfield on this Thursday. This is Bloomberg Radio.